Looking to expand your playlist? Well, Fat Lulz Radio has got you covered. Lose your religion with Reverend Jess and Deacon Sam over on The Church Absurd. Hear nerd culture get dissected on The Fickle Fanboy with RPM. Grab a drink and some laughs with the designated drinkers. Here's some solid interviews on Unseriously Serious. Do you want to get involved? Send your rant to the League of Infuriated Nerds. Also, check out the Fat Lulz Radio Associated shows. Get your not-safe-for-work talk radio fix on The Robin Slim Show. Get some life advice from Jerry and Callan from the bottom. And hear podcasts get roasted by the P-Bros on Pee on the Pods. All these shows and more await you at Fat Lulz Radio. Available through all your favorite podcast apps or wherever podcasts are heard. Fat Lulz Radio. Stuff full of entertainment. You're listening to The Fickle Fanboy. Brought to you by Fat Lulz Radio. You say I'm insane? I say thank you very much! And it keeps getting funnier every single time I see it! Now what do you think? <laughs> I'm gonna tell you with a tear in my eye! I'm gonna kick your ass. So I told her, why don't you go ahead and uh, get on your knees and we'll, hey, we'll dude, Oh, fuck, we're recording? Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Uh, welcome to the Fickle Fanboy. Uh, I am RPM. And, of course, I have with me, as always, Reverend Jess. Hey, guys. It's it's me. Sorry, we, we didn't realize you were there. I, I didn't hear you come in. Uh, so... What's up, brother? Oh, not shit, you know. I um, uh, We had a nice little Halloween special. and oh, that was fun. That was yeah, fun. yeah. And then, uh, you know, we had the shit list episode, and now we're, we're here. We're, uh, we're, talking, we're talking the continuation of Suicide Squad. Yeah. You know, just to kind of give them an idea of, you know, where, where we left off, uh, I guess, a few months ago now. There's a terrible movie. It's called Suicide Squad. But, you know, I mean, we didn't just go through the original movie and how horrible it was. We cleaned it up a good amount. We we shined that turd as well as we yeah. could. And uh, there was a lot we disagreed on. Uh, I mean, you wanted, you wanted to stay with doing shit the way that DC would, but you didn't want Oracle or Joker in there, which is shit that DC did. You you agreed with me on staying away from the more outlandish metahuman characters, and yet you briefly, briefly, played with the idea of the inclusion of people like Killer Frost. But for everything that we disagreed on, we agreed on a whole lot more. Yeah. Such as shit like doing away with Killer Croc altogether. Yeah. Uh, before I go and just kind of recap, the overall story that we told in the way that they should do any kind of revamping of Suicide Squad. Let's just go through who we had on the squad altogether. All right. Because, I mean, 
we had we had Waller, uh, and we recast her as uh, Vanessa Williams in a fat suit, I believe. Yeah, you know, you pick. I mean, it could be really anyone. I mean, uh, let's go. Let's go. Peter Dinklage in a fat suit. <laughs> now that it, wait, hold on. If Peter Dinklage is in a fat suit, is he basically just Danny DeVito at that point? Yes, yes, he is. And Danny DeVito has already done enough damage when it comes to comic book movies. So let's stay away from that. Uh, although I would actually pay, not in this movie, not in this movie, but I would pay to see Peter Dinklage in a fat suit. But we have Harley. I don't know if we recast her, but we did say whatever you do, uh, shy away from that whole making her some kind of soft core fetish porn yeah. wannabe. Yeah. Just get away from it, stay away from it, and move on. We had Deadshot, which uh, we did recast with Tom Hardy in the role. Yeah. But we said... That the the mask never comes off until, like, the bar scene. Exactly. Which is really the only damn part of the movie that we kept more or less of. You know, you know what I thought would be a really cool idea for his character design? What's that? During the training montage... That's During the training montage, he doesn't have his costume back or anything like that. So he just has his, like, when you see him out in the broad daylight, right? It's like you have his head is, like, wrapped with, like, ace bandages. You know what I mean? Just, like, have him do, do, like, a really crude rendition just to have his face covered. Throw it in a storyline that, like, he, you know, he feels more comfortable and, like, he's a better shot when he has the helmet on. And because he can't have the helmet on... Because he's in jail, so why would they give him the helmet? Yeah, yeah. I, I like it, I yeah. like it. We also had uh, Oswald Cobblepot, who we said play off as a gentleman of crime with either... We agreed on Nick Frost, but I think we settled on Bob Hoskins. Yeah. Although it took some sweet talking and minimizing of the character on my part, we eventually agreed on Oracle... But uh, I believe we had either Felicia I'm still going with Mary Elizabeth Winstead, man. But keep her in the chair. Keep her as some tech-savvy gal. But only show her in any sort of fashion in Waller's War. Yeah. And use Savant in there as well to play off of her and have some interaction between them. That'd be kind of cute. And go on. Yeah, like, her role, I would compare to uh, Cleo from Die Hard. Definitely. Like, just behind a computer screen watching everything that's happening. Funny little comments like, oh my god, the quarterback is toast, you know. <laughs> I love it. Uh, we, we had Bane. And while we disagreed on how close to play it to the comics, and whether or not we should keep the venomized Bane or not, I know you were an advocate for it. We eventually did go with the big-ass bastard, and we said, voice him with Javier Bardem. Hell yeah. Using either full-on CGI or partial CGI to emphasize and embellish the size of him after using some already big-ass son of a bitch. But whatever you do for the physical presence, have him voiced by Javier Bardem, and either way, we at least agreed on either high-level, high-quality CGI that you blow a hunk of the budget on or bust. Yeah. 
Agreed. Then we had Deathstroke with Kurt Russell, which I liked. I liked. Although, we also said that Ron Perlman could work, but you have no one to blame but yourself for that one, because I didn't even think about it until you had said it. It all depends on what kind of Deathstroke you want. If you want the Deathstroke that is, you know, later on in his time and is just like he's he's obviously slipped up because he ended up getting himself caught. Mm-hmm. You know, you would definitely want to play him because like Kurt Russell can still he's a still he's still a believable action hero. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, obviously, don't get me wrong. Hellboy is is like there is no replacing him as Hellboy. The attempt that they made is pathetic. And, you know, it, proof is in the pudding. Fuck yeah, it is. But yeah, I would say that, that you know, I kind of, I, I'm really leaning towards Ron Perlman just because, like, I, don't, don't worry, I'm not shitting on Kurt Russell. John Carpenter's The Thing is one of my favorite movies of all time, and Kurt Russell makes that fucking movie. But I just, I like the idea of having it be the older, not as quick as he used to be, but still pretty damn good Deathstroke. You know what I mean? Yeah. We also had uh, Arthur Brown... Clue Master, who we put Michael Emerson yeah. or Bruce Campbell in the role. Play him off as some failed guy smiley like game show host gone nuts. Pick one of those two or, you know, yeah. flip a coin if you have to. I don't give a shit. I think last but not least, uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that the only one that we have left is Black Spider. Which we showed Adrian Brody in the boots. Yeah. Had him walk a mile in the man's shoes. Meshed all the incarnations of the character together. There were three of them. Yeah. And we meshed them all together and came out with whatever the hell Adrian Brody's version would be. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. I mean, you know, I I like it. But anyway, uh, as far as the story goes... I wasn't sure that we'd be able to make chicken salad out of chicken shit, but boy, did we ever. Because, okay, the first chapter, to sum up where we went with this shit, basically, we more or less said that to move on from just the memory of what Suicide Squad was, we started off with Lex Luthor, or, you know, if you want to go this route and open up the possibilities for the next chapter... You could even make him President Luther or, you know, President Hopeful Luther. He uses some shady back channel through a mob boss and drug kingpin in Black Mask to conspire with yet another yet-to-be-named group or entity, some sort of CD underbelly, as you put it, Yeah, to sort of kind of play puppet master with the prison system and stage a couple of riots and breakouts at several different prisons. We had Arkham, Blackgate, you can throw Argus in there, just all over. Bloodhaven, yeah. But his goal is to try to distract the Justice League from a bigger plot, which we, again, didn't name. You know, we can kind of maybe go into that a little bit more or less today. But... He uses this shit to distract the League, which only works until they up and realize the bigger picture and take off after him, which is okay, because luckily, having been split up 
since none of the members could be at all the prisons all at the same time, the riots were something that they couldn't handle anyway, for whatever reason. Yeah. So, to have them just go off screen, since really this is to set up Suicide Squad, and that's supposed to be more or less their story anyway, it was okay. But, anyway, you have Luther... You could also have Luther use the fact that they couldn't contain these riots against them going forward in a I helped fix this problem when not even the league could kind of way. Yeah. Having him sow some sort of doubt within the public's eye on the league because the squad can't go and and take any kind of credit because really... They're not even on the books. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, they may work for the government. We kind of played with that idea. They don't know how crooked the government is. They only know how crooked they are. But, you know, whether they work for the government or not, yeah, again, not on the books. So they can't take any sort of credit. So, of course, this leaves President Luther or President Hopeful Luther or whatever the fuck to take all the credit. Exactly. So, you know, they are sent in or possibly already there undercover in order to try and quell the fire that is these riots and get them all under control, which I, I kind of like the idea of Luther both starting the riots and if they work for the government, him being the one that more or less comes up with the idea of putting them in there to get rid of the riots. So he's the cause, effect, and end to the riots altogether. It's very uh, Bad Lieutenant-esque. You know what I mean? Yes. It's it's very like, you know, the idea of dude goes in there to, as, as essentially the boss. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And fucking like, you know, smokes up with the guys and, and, and talks about the shipment, collects his money, everything like that. And then as he walks out, you know what I mean? Like, all of a sudden, everybody starts like like the fucking, you know, the drone squad fucking comes in and exactly you know i i just uh i i just like the fact that you know he could again really be playing all ends all sides and we said that this could either be a movie or we did throw out there the idea that you could also just shove this on either hbo or netflix as a show yeah so going forward We'll kind of try to cover all our bases and come up with something that you could do as either or. But uh, he basically pulls the trigger, more or less, on them being brought in to, or, you know, put under cover or whatever, into these prison systems. He's the one that picks them as the ones to that are tasked with stopping these riots, but... While they're trying to stop these riots, they're also trying to make it out alive. And they do so, which is something that Luther actually, you find out, doesn't count them count on them doing. And uh, whether it's before they're brought into the system, or after they all meet up and, you know, you see that they all made it out safe from their perspective prisons. I think I like the idea of having that damn near at the end of the movie be the bar scene just my take on it i mean like like i said 
before they go into the prisons altogether, you could have the bar scene as well. But either way, you have them in the bar at some point. But uh, I think I like the idea of them it almost being like the last scene after they've made it out. Yeah. Rather than like, you know, before they go into the prison system, because that just seems a little too early for the, as we put it, the big reveal of Tom Hardy. So, uh, yeah, yeah. There, there we have it. Yeah, I think, it, if anything, that scene should be... And keep in mind, this is... We're also basing it off the idea is that it is not revealed who's playing Debshot throughout the whole deal. Like, there's no press or anything like that. They do a really good job of hiding it on set. Yeah. So, anyway... Now we have the task of having to go forward and trying to figure out where the next step lies. Yeah. Do you have any ideas of what we could possibly do going forward? Let's just say, assuming that this could be a show, could be a movie, but if it was a show, I would think that you would have to have the big baddie be Lex Luthor. I mean, because most shows, unless you're doing something like... uh, the villain of the week like flash does and stuff like that most shows have one underlying villain for multiple seasons so i mean for for lack of a better word if he was the big baddie still pulling the strings but you still had him throwing different obstacles in their way and trying to do certain shit you know where he was using them as pawns you know i mean you could you could do that well, number one, like like you said, you want to have the main baddie that, that gets carried throughout the yeah. series. Or throughout the movie trilogy or uh, franchise, as it were, as well. Yeah. My whole thing is, all right, so the whole deal is like with that format, if you're doing it, if you're doing it as a series, the first season could be them quelling, you know, shit at each different prison. Mm-hmm. And, like, uh, the fact that they're criminals can be played into very well. Yeah. So you can have, you know, a situation of, you know, like, this criminal, they have to work with, like, the Aryan Brotherhood that's in that prison in order to help them, you know, and everything like that. Yeah. Obviously, you're going to have some moments where a prisoner is walking up to a member of the squad because they know them from a previous prison stay. Yeah. Yeah, I like the idea of keeping it as a movie franchise, but I will say that your idea of doing a show, and I said Netflix, you had said HBO, either way, wherever you put it, I like the idea simply because in the comics, the squad had such a revolving door, it seemed at times, of members that this could be a clever way of kind of including them all at some point or another. Not to say you can't do that in a movie, but, I mean, it might be easier. But I just realized, we did all that fantasy casting, and yet we didn't talk about who we would cast as Black Mask or Luther. And uh, I think we can both agree, stay the fuck away from Eisenberg. Yeah. (laughs) I'll tell you what, you want to know who I'd cast as Luther? Who? I wouldn't go Eisenberg. I'd go Heisenberg. Brian Cranston. Yes. Perfect. 
Awesome. Brian Cranston as Lex Luthor, hands down. You know, and as far as Black Mask, I'll I'll have to wait and see what they do in this Birds of Prey movie with Ewan McGregor. But I'm you know, depending on how he does with what they give him, I'm not completely opposed to keeping that casting. But who, if he just completely craps the bed, who would you recast? I would go with someone like a Benedict Cumberbatch. Nice. Got it. Like it. He's got that, that voice that could really come through on the mask very well. Yes. I'd cast him or... If we want to play it older, I'll be honest, man. Someone like a Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah. And, you know, again, just because we have Luther in the, the show or in the movies, this does not mean we have Superman. We killed him off. We left him in a shallow grave with kryptonite sticking out of his chest. Yeah. And we just, there's just no. Whatever you do with, whether you make it a movie or a show, whatever you do with those the squad, leave him out of it. Yeah, because like that's the thing, that adds to the believability of them not being able to handle like the riots because they got to focus on big picture shit. And because like realistically, if Superman was there, Prison riots are no problem. All he has to do is fucking go in and just round everybody up in like 10 seconds. You know, within an hour, he's he's quelled every riot. And that's the thing. That's that's why... That's how Luther basically sort of finagled his way into a possible presidential position. Yep. Have it be where, through a series of events, he's able to sow the idea into the public persona of the League... Yeah. He's able to make them out, like you said, to be monsters, to be just not worth the trouble. Well, and not only that, but you can you can also take like a Dr. Manhattan approach where you could have the whole deal with Doomsday, right? Like, you remember how in Watchmen it was revealed, like the Osmondeus' plan was to harness Dr. Manhattan's like energy. And whether you're watching the movie or reading the comic book, he fucking causes the squid to come down from an alternate dimension. And like, you know, with that, they made it seem like it was like Dr. Manhattan attacking places around the world. Well, you can have that same narrative just be about, you know, Superman bringing doomsday to the planet. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, okay. You, you have all that before we get to the uh, the second chapter in the squad story, but well, this is what I'm saying. Like you, you this right, this right here. You know, you could you could give all of this backstory just you know through exposition or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. I, which I I actually like that better than actually showing Doomsday. But yeah, well, it's just like you know. I mean, just fucking like you know, have like fucking. Have, like, Waller fucking, you know, sh run it down and everything like that. Yes. You know what I mean? Just just, just have her fucking run it down in narration form. Yeah. You're like Tobey Maguire in Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, God. It's just like, who am I? Are you sure you want to know? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's pizza time. But anyway. So, like, okay. Where do we go from here, though? You know, I mean, we left them... 
doing away with the riots. Do we start off right after? Yes. Okay, you'd start off right after. You wouldn't jump a couple years or a couple months or whatever. No, no. Have it, like, 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 and, and this would, this would be really cool because you could basically just film everything at the same time. Yeah. Like, literally, like, have this fucking thing, like, have it end like how a TV show ends, but it's a movie, right? So, like, you know, they're sitting in the bar doing their rendezvous and everything like that. And you know what? We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go art house with this, right? It's a fucking twenty minute bar sequence. We went from grindhouse to art house. Yeah, we're going grindhouse to art house. Oh shit! Man. And at least we're not going out house, which is well they went. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna pull a Tarantino. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you got the grindhouse feel, right? For like the action sequences, like in Inglorious Bastards, but people don't think about the fact that that movie starts with a twenty five minute conversation. So, you have that same thing, but it happens at the end, right? So, after, like, a fucking rip-roaring, like, hour and a half, you know what I mean, of just, like, fucking kicking ass, you just have this, like, 20-minute chill-ass bar sequence. Yeah. And, <laughs> like, the last thing is, like, obviously, Waller's got to show up at that point. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, because, like, we could have it where, you know rick flag is just in bad shape like the prison riots fucked him up nice you know what i mean like he's sitting there and he's like he's bleeding and like you know he's got like a bullet wound in him you know what i mean like he's like mr orange in reservoir dogs where he's just he's got a bullet in the belly and he's just fucking like laying out like they have him just laying out on the fucking bar and and he's just bleeding out and the whole idea is that he's called for backup, but Waller fucking shows up and everything like that. She's like running down why they had to do this and just be like, obviously we both know that Luther's behind this. And like, there's, there's something on TV that's, that's going to be like a triggering event. So like, have Luther giving a speech about how he quelled all these fucking riots and shit. And then it's interrupted by a news bulletin that has to do with somewhere outside the U.S. But very clearly, Luther's behind it. You know what I mean? Like, it's 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 some type of rebellion. You get where I'm going. You know what I mean? Like, something something's going to take them out of state, but it's very clearly... It may not be known to the public in the movie, but it's known to us. The government is behind this, whether it be uprising, this civil war, this war, whatever it is, we're behind it. Yeah. We know it simply because the squad knows it. Yeah. And they all kind of go, what do you look at this shit? Yeah. So the second movie is basically about whatever, whatever that, that uprising is. They talk to Waller. And they're just like, listen, I would love to be able to be on his side of this, but unfortunately I'm not. You know what I mean? And she's just like, all right, load up, fuckers, we're doing this. You know what I mean? Exactly, because, I mean, there are times, again, I've said it before, I'll say it again, there are times where they work for the government in the comics, there are times where they work against the government in yeah. the comics, and everywhere in between. So this is more or less, uh, you're looking at the in-betweensies. Well, and here's the thing. I like it. 
if we're doing it as a movie trilogy. A trilogy, franchise, whatever you want to say. I mean, it doesn't have to be well, a trilogy. I, well, the third one, the third one needs to be, at, like, after, like the second one is all about quelling whatever, whatever event happens. But the third one is going to be Waller going fucking nuts. And the squad going after Luther, his henchmen, if you will, and the government themselves. Yeah. Well, not only that, but, but essentially what what will happen is at the end of the second one, Luther will be in power. Yeah. Like he will have taken over as President Luther. Yeah. And Waller's going to be like, there's nothing we can do. You don't understand. He's in control of everything. We're fucked. And one of them, I'm going with uh, either Deadshot or Deathstroke, says, "Fuck that shit." Exactly. And and like that. And keep in mind, we are doing this. We we are doing this R-rated. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh fuck. So, yeah. like, that's the only way we. I think we could go. I mean, it, it's gonna be violent. It's gonna be graphic. We're not gonna shy away from both graphic language and imagery. Well, and not only that, but what we what we can do is have them leave Waller to die. Nice. So not only are they going after Luther in the third one, but they have Waller hot on her on on their trails. Right? And you start at like the opening sequence of the third movie mm-hmm. is literally like them cutting the bombs out of their necks. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, Deathstroke is sitting there with a fucking knife just digging this fucking nano bomb out. Yeah. And when he's like, well, what are we going to do about this? What, what are you going to do? She says, there is no we. Your ass is on your own. And walks out. Well, I don't know, man. Because like, I'm really liking the idea of Waller trying to hunt them down. But she's, she's, she's got to do it. She's got to do it for her own reasons. She does. She just doesn't do it with him is all I'm saying. I mean, and, you know, what more or less whether he knows that she's doing it or not. He is trying to hunt them down on his own, and they both have their own reasons, their own tactics, but they just don't work together is all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like it, too. I do, too. Um, I mean, shit. You have them going overseas and trying to go in outgunned and outnumbered, and then you could even, you know, use someone like a KG Beast. I mean, you know, really... a the options are out there, folks. Yeah. Bring King Shark in and... Uh... <laughs> Listen, dude, I already said I would go with you on the idea of doing partial or full-on CGI for Bane. Don't push me. Yeah. Don't fucking push me. <laughs> we'll do King Shark, but he's played by Shark Boy, the wrestler. Uh uh-uh. You're like, I actually like that idea. <laughs> it's in the name. I'm fickle. Fuck. Oh, man. But uh, we even threw out a a third movie. I mean, that, that's great. And, you know, okay. Just as little Easter eggs, obviously you have options for your cameos, your yes. little moments where you have a lesser-known character or villain, you have options, you have chances. But I do like the idea of 
we said last time, as much as we weren't sure about it, or at least you weren't, about doing the Joker in any way, shape, or form, if you're going to do him, do him older. And Willem Dafoe. But I, I like the idea of not necessarily making him a big baddie, you know, one, one of the main villains. I like the idea of, like, say, in that moment in the bar, when the news is on, you have a quick moment right before they get to the report overseas where they're finishing up talking about the Joker being caught again, and you just see Willem Dafoe basically fighting, you know, in full Joker regalia, fighting off the cops as he's handcuffed being shoved into a, a, a police cruiser. And you have, that opens up little Easter eggs where you have him, whether it's on the news, in the newspaper, something. You have moments where that actually opens up, where you could expand the world into, and not doing it for anything regarding the Suicide Squad. But if you wanted to, you could use this as a stepping stone towards a bigger picture of either a Dark Knight Returns Bruce Wayne, or even a Batman Beyond Bruce. But I, I do have a request. Okay, okay. Um, while while Willem Dafoe's Joker is being put in the van, he's got to go full on Joker. You know what I mean? He's got to do the laugh. But at one point, he has to he has to he has to redo that line that he did in Spider Man, where he's like, "Do you know how long I've sacrificed?" <laughs> I really want to have him have that moment. Yeah, I'm for it. <laughs> I'm for it, because really, he was one of the few good things. Dude, don't don't diss Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi's Spider-Man movies are amazing. Wait, okay. They are so cheesy. But, okay, there's cheesy, and then there's so cheesy that it's good. In my opinion, it stops short of that. Well, you know, I think it takes a real science to, you know, a real scientist to, like, really dissect the spider-man movies but you know i'm something of a scientist myself even after the third one you're saying that they're good especially the third one. Oh, dude that's the third one is brilliant it's one of the few times that i've actually spent the money to going to a movie that i wasn't quite sure about and that was the last time that i did it Come on, man. Topher Grace, a guy who's like 90 pounds soaking wet, playing Eddie Brock. It's brilliant. Obviously, you and I have completely different ideas on what is brilliant, and I need to get you a dictionary. (laughs) Yeah, I just, my whole thing is just like, everybody's all like, oh my god, the fucking third one's just ridiculous. And I'm just like, they're all ridiculous. That's what makes them great. (sighs) I mean... Thomas Hayden Church is the fucking Sandman. Are you kidding me? The fuck? How could you think that that's a... It's a great movie. I don't know how anyone could think that that's a good movie. You know, the the dance sequence? Oh, man. How you can look at that movie and go, that's a great movie, and then look at things like Howard the Duck and say it shits the bed. I don't get you. I don't get you sometimes. I am a paradox. There is no, there is no, there's no figuring me out. 
One thing I've figured out is that I'm never going to listen to you when it comes to ideas of, you know, you should really watch. No, fuck that. Fuck that. Um, I'm, I'm never am I again going to take a movie recommendation from you ever again. You, you know, you say that and that realistically all that's going to do is just make me pick more ridiculous movies for claim and shame. Oh, fuck. But anyway, um... Should we, should we stop at three movies or should we uh, continue on? I don't know. I just I feel like I feel like if we're gonna if we're gonna do more than three, uh huh. I think at the end of the third one, everybody who is on the squad at that point needs to be killed off. Oh yeah, I'm I'm actually all for killing Oswald. A third of the way, if not maybe closer to halfway, yeah. uh, through the second one. And, uh, well, hell, let's see here. You know, you could possibly even, you know, kill Arthur Brown in the first one, really. Um, I'm just saying, like, 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 there needs to be no original Suicide Squad members from, like, the, you know, first three movies left at the end of the third one. Oh yeah, and I'm I'm sorry. If you're gonna do Bruce Campbell as Arthur Brown, I actually like the idea of doing a full-on played-up, damn near stop just shy of the whole "Who's laughing now?" scene from uh, yeah, Evil Dead. Definitely. Too. I mean, just that animated though, and have it be in. Um, I don't know how you'd kill him off, but. Have it be in almost a just really morbid, but really kind of fucked up way. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's the thing. We need to... The tone of the Suicide Squad movies need to be like... Like, it needs to be mostly a comedy more than anything. A dark comedy, but yeah, a comedy. I mean, have Black Spider, because we said, you know, you can even keep the whole drug-addicted part of him in there and have it kind of play into a backstory linking him and black mask. Yeah. (laughs) I say, have him die after killing black mask, but like at the end, just as black mask is slipping, his life is slipping from him. He stabs fucking black spider with a syringe of just some highly potent shit. It's a drug called shit-eating grin, and it's it's heroin and Smilex. <laughs> oh, fuck. Admit it, you love this idea. I know you're joking, but I'm... Who said I'm joking? I mean, we have Joker in there, right? I don't know how to feel about that, but I do like it. Yeah, you know, you know how like you know, it, like fentanyl, like like the size of like a fucking dime could kill you. Yes. Okay, same idea, but anything less than that won't kill you when it comes to Smilex. However, if you take a full syringe of shit eating grin, you'll die, right? Yeah. So he just fucking like you know, like have a have a really dope like fight sequence between Black Spider and Black Mask, right? Uh, yeah. A- and then at the end fucking you know because we're we're going with the black spider that's got the mechanical arms and shit right yep okay the fucking mechanical arms get stung into him and as black mask is dying 
you know, say something like you were always chasing the perfect high and then fucking wham, needle in the neck. Nice. Uh, I like it. Yeah. Have, I would almost say Harley, get wind that uh, <laughs> Joker, who's obviously now in prison, died. Even if he doesn't, just have the rumor out there. Yeah. And have her under the impression that fucking Waller basically set him up to not only go to prison, but have him killed and she made it look like a suicide. Yeah, definitely. And so Harley kills her off. So you have Waller dead, which I kind of like. at the And that would be at the last movie. Have him arrested in the first and have Waller killed for him supposedly being dead in the last. I like it. I don't know how you would possibly kill Harley off. Uh, in fact, I kind of like the idea of maybe her being one of the only ones that makes it out. Uh, Deadshot or uh, Deathstroke, I don't know how you would kill. Oracle, even though she's a bit player... I don't know. We don't have her have her chair tip over in the middle of traffic. I don't know. <laughs> no, man. It just gets to a point where it's like they get into the war room or something like that. Yeah. And they're trying to torture her for information. And they say that, like, they know who she is and they know who her father is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, obviously, like, she's got to get tortured. Yeah. Why else have her there? I don't even and then eventually you just reach that point where she's just like, fuck it. And she just fucking hits like a button on her chair and it just blows up the whole building, you know? I like that better than my options, which again, were either, you know, she gets pushed out into traffic. My brakes! My brakes! I like it. Uh, Oswald, I don't know how you would kill. Uh, or Bane even, really. Well, I mean, Bane is pretty simple. You, you you drain him of his fucking venom and then shoot him in the head. Yeah, yeah. Although, you know, for, for the one moment of draining him of his venom and your first glimpse of him without his muscles and shit like that, I, I know you're going to shit on this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Dustin Diamond. <laughs> Screech? Yeah! Have him just be this scrawny looking, or uh, again, you, if you didn't have him as, you know, like Black Spider, DJ Qualls, I mean, you just give him as this scrawny, two pound soaking wet, nerdy looking bastard in your first and only glimpse of him without his, you know, big bulky self. Then he gets his brain splattered all over the wall. I love it. I'm just saying. You know, I love it. Uh, Deathshot and Deathstroke, I, again, I don't know how you do it, but I think that those would be the only ones that I would say would actually be kind of cool deaths. You know, I mean, every movie has that one death scene that, well, not every movie, uh, most action movies at least, have that one death scene that you fucking remember. Well, and not only that, but here's what I'm thinking, right? Yeah. I think that throughout the movies, there should be a competition with who's the better assassin. Uh-huh. And then at the end, they have, like, they're both cornered, right? Yeah. And, like, obviously, because it's revealed at the end of the first movie that it's Tom Hardy. 
and like i want the mask to not just be a mask but like all right this is this is kind of ridiculous to talk about but do you remember the the lost in space reboot from the 90s it still haunts my dreams yeah well you remember the part where matt leblanc had like that helmet that fucking like came up and like formed a mask for him yeah unfortunately yeah okay well the same idea right same idea for like dead shots mask it can work that way okay and you just you have that moment where he takes the mask off and like they realize that they're cornered and there's a good chance they're not making out and he just like fucking like mask comes off and he looks deathstroke in the eye and deathstroke takes his mask off and they just go you know he just they just say to each other like you know winner takes all I like that, and I like the idea of, in the action, in the middle of doing so, you have fucking the older of the two try to pull some stupid cocky shit that someone would do thinking they're younger than they are, and have him getting almost a little full of himself and, you know, feeling like uh, he still got it. Yeah. Right up until he fucking doesn't have it anymore and never will. Because he's fucking dead. <laughs> yeah. And then have have the, you know, this, not necessarily emotional scene, but emotional for these two fucking characters. Where, you know, he's dying and uh, Deadshot is basically giving him a, you stupid old man kind of speech. Yeah. And then fucking, he goes in, not necessarily a rage kind of thing, I mean, but shortly thereafter, whether he lights him up and tries to go out on a in a blaze of glory or whether he's in the middle of that fucking speech and just gets shot in the fucking head either way he fucking dies shortly thereafter yeah i like it i like it uh so i mean we have more or less the way the damn near everyone would die we have where you would go with uh loosely with the second movie and you have just so many little Easter eggs. Yeah. And a great fucking story. Again, it's loose. Uh, hopefully, if whoever's listening to this uh, wants to toss out how they would go about things, and, or maybe even, you know, fill in the gaps that we left. Yeah. Hopefully, they'll do so. But um, either way, uh, I think that that's, that's about it. I don't really have anywhere else that we could take this. I think that uh, you and and I have more or less come up with not only not only have we saved the Suicide Squad from bleeding out in some ditch somewhere for uh, all to loathe for eternity, we saved their memory as well as continued their story in a way that does justice well, and. Uh... Yeah, and not only that, but, you know, we saved their memory because memory is important. You can ask RPM because his is going slightly every day because he has the onset of Alzheimer's coming through. You and these fucking old jokes. Do you have any originals or are they all just kind of rehashes of the same ones over and over and over because i that's true i'm very much like hollywood and you should know since you were there for the birth of it you ass licking ape-faced hey what was christmas like in the 40s you're just an unoriginal doofus 
And you know, I mean, all I'm saying is that there's been like five different remakes of A Star Is Born. So, and I'm pretty sure you've been in the theater for every single one of them. You're skating on thin ice, and sooner or later, your fat ass is gonna dive right through it and fucking drowned. Dude, you you look like Walter Matthau's stunt double. I don't even want to hear about it. You should be tried and convicted of stealing oxygen. You wretched some bitch. Uh, probably will be at some point. You mouth breathing Yahoo. Hey, hey. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. I have a I have a deviated septum and I have sleep apnea. I can't help but be a mouth breather. <laughs> Go fuck a rake. Like the creepypasta character or like the thing you use to like sweep up leaves? Pick one. I think I'll go for the creepypasta character because he's at least humanoid. Eh, you know, I mean, either way, you're still a fucking fuckstick. Okay, that's fair. Uh, but anyway, I, I think that I speak for this shit-eating cunt monkey when I say we're done here, folks. Uh, so, I mean, if, if you have anything to say about this uh, telling of the Suicide Squad, any ideas of where we could take it, any plot holes that you might want to fill, uh, any anything to say, come at us. I'm at the Fickle Fanboy RPM on Twitter, at the Fickle Fanboy Podcast on Instagram. Where the hell can they find you? They can find me at RevJess underscore FL Radio. They can find me uh, on Facebook through the Church Absurd page or the Fat Lulz Radio page. And uh, just just so you know, if you're listening to this um, and you are a podcaster yourself, I just wanted to let you know, I was recently on Let the Hate Flow Through You, uh, which uh, I talked about my hatred of lazy podcasters. Uh, so if you want to check that out, we'll go ahead and throw the link in the uh, episode notes. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it was a good time. I had a lot of fun. Which, you know, I mean, I was appreciative and a little bit surprised uh, not to hear my name thrown out there. You know, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. You fucking oaf. Um, <laughs> but for now, folks. When all strangers to love. You know the rules, and so do I. A full commitment's what I'm thinking of. You wouldn't get this from any other guy. I just want to tell you how I'm feeling. I really hated Suicide Squad. God damn it, just what I'm certain to enjoy. Uh, which, <laughs> I, I enjoyed that a lot longer and a lot more than I enjoy most of the shit you do, you crusty sh- and as always for myself and for one of the last times this season can i just point out for the record that i was really happy that our halloween special ended up being episode 13 it was it was a dumb luck but i loved it yeah good times this has been a fat lols radio production to hear more shows like this go to soundcloud.com slash fat radio but for now we'll, we'll be, be seeing, seeing ya, ya.